Hey there, it's me, Tommy Link. Did you know you can live your trashiest life yet? The Trash Cast is up on Patreon. That's right. If you subscribe, you can get early access to episodes, plus they're ad-free, and you get bonus content. That's audio and soon-to-be video content. It's all very exciting. So be sure to subscribe at Tommy Lank on Patreon or head to thetrashcast.com and hook yourself up. Oh, and when you subscribe to the Trashcast on Patreon, you also get to subscribe to that special feeling that you get when you know you're supporting an independent podcast that you know and love. I'm getting emotional right now. JK, JK. But you know what's really getting me emotional is this episode coming up right now with my special guest, Trixie Mattel. Hit the theme song! All around us, trash your treasure. Make your mind up, what's your pleasure? Hey, I think we should talk some trash. Ah, it's the trash cast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in trash. I collect it, I sort it, and I throw it in my trash can. My trash can. Hi, welcome to the Trash Cast. I'm your host, Tommy Lank. Today, my guest is none other than Trixie Mattel. You can't talk about trash and treasure without talking about Trixie Mattel. I mean, I think you I think you're the original um, trash queen. Yeah. I don't know. What would Well, I think the spirit of drag in a lot of ways is uh at least when I first started, I was very focused on finding ways to use things that weren't clothes in ways that trick people into thinking they were clothes. I always mm. thought that was like the ultimate rub. Well you are wearing like, pajamas. I'm today. literally wearing women's pajamas with a cheap like Halloween fur coat. This is a free headband I got from Katya. <laughs> This this straight this straight wig with blunt bangs. I've probably been wearing this wig since like poker face. That's all this, this wig is. This is the least amount of volume I've seen you in ever. I know. You know and what's I will say, I'm into it. Oh. You know what's funny? I wear all these like three, four, five hundred dollar giant triple stack wigs, and then when I wear a flat, shitty twenty dollar wig, people are like, Queen of Lux! <laughs> Queen of Lux! <laughs> Like, I think the opening episode for season five of Uh, I'm wearing like a 60s bowl cut. And whenever I wear something cheap, people are like, oh my God. Fashion. And when I wear big, nice hair, people are so used to it. They're like, mm. Uh, people are haters. If people don't know about Uh, they need to. Um, you want to talk trash. I'm, that's us. Okay, so the way I met you was uh, I'm obsessed with your YouTube series uh, with Trixie and Katya. And uh, I think I invited myself to the party. I hit up the the WOW, the World of Wonder social media person, and I was like, can I come to this party? <laughs> you did? Yeah. But didn't you win an award that night? No, because I, well, we did, I, no, I think I, I felt like it, uh, I. The, you won a WOWie the first year I won a WOWie. But didn't I go to your party before that, or was that after that? No. Oh, anyway, was it the acoustic performance, me and Katya. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, that that must have been something else. Yeah, yeah. You so that was the first time. Yourself. So I invited myself to that, and then I was like, "Please be my friend." Yeah, we've it. actually really lucked out because Tom and I have hung out a lot in the last few weeks. We've actually seen each other a lot. Um, and I enjoy. It. I just did your YouTube series. I won't say what we did. It's lit though. It's super fun. We also, and then after we met, because you watched my YouTube series, and I knew you from all your projects. And then you came over to my house once because I think I was like, I have a lot of makeup and I know you you dress up. If you want free makeup, come over. 
And I gave Tom so much, like, I had doubles and triples of, like, Anastasia palettes and, like, even wigs. The the vanity wig, the wig that Tom uses for Tilda Swinton is a vanity wig that he barbered himself. <laughs> I'm going to say barbered because that's totally a men's haircut. It. I can't believe – I have no skills in the area of haircutting um, other than I used to sometimes – Sometimes I'll hack into my own haircut. Just... She probably cuts her own though, right? I mean, no, I I recently saw she was like just got my hair did at whatever or her whoever cuts her hair in LA posted oh work like just did her hair, uh, but yeah, so it was a long a long lady wig and I just over the course of three days took my time looked at all the angles and would be like I'm cutting him. <laughs> I am obsessed with the idea of you taking two cuts and then sitting in silence and thinking about it. And then like 20 minutes later, making one more cut. That's a three day haircut. By the way, that's what beauty school is. Wait, did you go to full, did you go to full beauty school? Yeah. Not just cosmetology for, for makeup. Cosmetology is, does it include all of it? Cosmetology is hair aesthetics and nails. So it's hair, makeup and nails. So you have to learn how to do facials and Uh hair and how to do a perm. Do people still have to learn how to do perms? You sure do. I mean, that thing about beauty school is they make you learn the foundations of hairstyling. So you learn things that no one really uses, which is like roller sets, uh, perms. But, I mean, it's the foundations of hairstyling. You you learn all that basic shit no one uses so that later on you can use that same muscles and techniques to figure out modern styling. You know, everybody has to know. If you're a hair stylist and you don't know how to do like a roller set, like a full wet set like an old lady – I think that would be concerning because that's what a lot of current styles are based on is oh. the look of old styles. Oh. So if someone says, like, I want old Hollywood, but you don't know how to do a roller set, you don't know how they would have done it. So does um, having the skills of legit hairstyling, does that translate to... Uh, to, to... First of all, you said trans. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> Um, does that translate to styling synthetic wigs for drag, or is that a completely different skill set? It's kind of similar. Um, they're kind of the same and kind of not. Well, with hair, okay, your hair is held together. The shape and the foundation of it is basically bonds. So, like, your DNA says that your hair is curly, straight, very spirally. Um, you know, that's what your hair is like when it's dry. Yeah. When everyone's hair is wet, it gets straight. Why? Because when hair is wet, the S-bonds that hold the shape of your hair Do not break S-bond down. me right now. She, Tracy Mattel is dropping pure science right <laughs> yes. now, people. And the, science. And in natural hair, the only way to reform S-bonds is you can temporarily change the shape of your hair by heat mm-hmm. or water. So like wetting your hair and putting it in rollers or like a curling iron. Whereas... You can permanently change the shape chemically using, like, a perm. Yeah. With synthetic hair, it's basically thin pieces of plastic. How do you change the shape of plastic? Heat. So mm. you mm. do things like boil the hair or steam it um, more than you, like, can't really chemically change plastic. Yeah. You know, you can't really wet plastic and expect it to change shape. So I don't really do my own wigs anymore. Thank God. Thank God. But, I mean, I used to. I used to do the big, you know, waves and stuff. And this one I took out yesterday from a box, and I took a hair straightener, and I ran a brush with one hand and a straightener with the other on very low heat. Because with plastic hair, you you also can burn it, melt it. Oh, I've done it. Yeah. I've done it thinking, like, oh, I'll put this curling iron on a low setting, and I'll um, give this wig a curl. Nope. Especially with blondes. Even if you singe it, you'll see a dark spot in the hair then because you 
toasted the color of the hair. Grill marks on it. Yeah, I've done it, and it's not great. No, it's not I've ruined great. some nice wigs. But I don't miss doing hair. I was in beauty school because I was a makeup artist, and I was like a wedding makeup artist and stuff. And I was like, well, I want to be able to do upstyling so I can kind of like double my package. If you're a small wedding, you just want some one person to do your hair and makeup. I was like, I could do both. Yeah. So I just wanted to learn blowouts and basic stuff. Um, but I believe in education, so I wasn't like – I didn't feel weird about doing that I thing. I believe in education. I do. I think it's the best thing to do with your time and your money. Did you go to uh, – I feel like I was reading – you went to college as well, right? Yeah. I got my undergrad in musical theater. And then by the time – Wait. I... What? I'm sorry. I'm putting my glasses on to look at you. How did yeah. I not know this? Well, because I don't talk about it because musical theater is not a redeeming quality in people. <laughs> oh. Nobody's like, I like you. Did you do musicals? No, they're – People musical... are like, she seems like a theater person if you know what I mean. Yeah, musical theater people are the m- maybe most abrasive people. I say this as – a musical theater person. I My degree is just in theater, but I was studying musical theater specifically. Well, you could already sing. So what is there to pick up, really? Well, you have to... There's so much, like, tradition and, like, learning all the things... Be, because musical theater is so much about, like, learning all the stock characters and all the roles that you'd be good for. That's what makes me crazy about it. It's, like, it's all about learning what's in the past. And then it, it just... It creates this weird world of uber competitive controlling because it's all about like we're, like film acting it's kind of more about like letting yourself go and seeing what happens and not planning it right or at least that's kind of what I do that's what me and Meryl do film, um, yeah it's just sort of happy accident like they say that good acting on film is sort of happy accidents caught on film right right all the good actors say like they prepare but more than anything they are open enough to let things happen without even monitoring it Exactly, like letting stuff so they don't even notice they did. Just like I'm gonna like release my control of it and just let whatever magic happen. And I think that for me, my best performances have been like that on film. But for musical theater specifically, it's very like stand here. Once you learn it, it's frozen like this. You gotta do this. You have to hit that. No, you have to do that. You riff like this. I don't live for musical the theater. The arm goes up here. It's all very. It's just controlled and planned. Yes, it's a little more. Your artistry is creating the obstacle course, and then when your job, once the show starts, is to run the set course every day the same. That is what it is. <laughs> I'm rolling away. That is I'm what it is. Away from you, you're like, you're dropping so many truth bombs right now. And for me, I just, I was always like, I love putting together a musical, whatever, and then we do it, and then I'm like, we have to do it again. Yeah. I never like doing the same thing twice. Well, okay, and... well, then let me ask you about this because uh, the reason I used to, I went and saw you do stand up the other night. Uh, the reason I don't, I occasionally will dabble and do a, at Akbar or do like a weird, you know, stand up night or I used to do more of it. But to me, the thing that I couldn't, I was like, oh, I did, I did that. Great. Wait, you mean I have to do it again and perfect these jokes and come up with an eight minutes that I've done a thousand times in order for it to be like set and ready to go that's what made me crazy about it really and i just because i just want to go see if i can do it and then move on to the next thing sure so do you enjoy that about stand-up yes i if i honestly i think if i would have started stand-up in college i would have dropped out like i just when i first started stand-up which was after drag race that's when i first started doing real joke writing and like doing it i felt like it was like doing drag for the first time i like i remember doing drag the first time like at a club 
and going home at night and laying in bed and like staring at the ceiling and like feeling like I just figured out what the rest of my life was going to be and like mentally being like, like planning and dreaming of what I was going to do with it because I knew I was going to do it. And the first time I did stand up, it was like that. It was like, oh my God, I was built for this. I am the, this is something that I feel like I do will better the, do better than other people and like I'm great at it. And with stand up, you write your jokes, but like there's a huge window where every time you do it, you find out something new. Yeah. And like, uh, for me, it's always like the silence is the punchline. Or sometimes people find something – you don't know that someone's going to laugh once and then they're going to tell themselves the joke in their head and the audience will laugh again. Oh, the second roll of – Things you don't realize when you're on the plane and I'm like, well, that's going to be a funny joke and then here will be the button. And then like I don't really know how it's going to go. So like the other night when you saw me trying it, it was like – a lot of that stuff, it's like, well, you don't know what's going to work. And there's definitely a few that didn't work, but you have to find out in front of people. And then when I'm on tour doing the same stand-up every night, I at least – I still wrote the show, and I at least have the freedom to do anything. And even yeah. the knowledge that I could change anything is enough for me. Mm. So something in the room happens. Something funny happens. The musical theater, I don't like that – I don't like that the audience isn't part of it. Yeah. And in stand-up, it's – your real voice in the moment and that's what makes it exciting and every day is different and in musical theater it just the people bothered me the, <laughs> I didn't have the right look I didn't have the right voice I didn't have like I wasn't right for it but I liked comedy I liked movement and I liked music let me package it differently yes but well, now like, now what do I do I sing and write music I tell jokes and use my body it's like aren't I sort of do musical theater now if you you could call it that yeah you know? well I mean I have I've done seen you dance in that Boulet Brothers uh, Freddie dance musical number you did. So there's movement. Uh, you're singing. You have album. Your album Barbara. My I mean, new album Barbara comes out in what? Three weeks? Two weeks? So get into Barbara that, seventh. people. And you're doing comedy. So I would say you're a, you're a triple threat. You're officially a triple threat. Uh, you, you and Barbara what? Streisand. Maybe you'll get this. The other thing about musical theater school is they. You're 20. You're 21. Whatever. They make you feel like. Your job after getting after college is to put together the type of audition package that other people would like you to do, and your job is to get placed in a show that you didn't write and that you're you'll be taking a role that's already been created. Yeah, that is the goal. As never my goal. It was never something I wanted, and so at the end of school, it was just like, oh, there's no. What's one of my words I'm looking for? You don't really have fingerprints on any of them. No. The people who are getting rich and getting successful from musical theater are the producers and the people who write the show and direct yeah. it. You have no voice in in you don't really get to add much to it. You are fulfilling something that's already Yeah. Existing. I didn't think I had I honestly I don't think I auditioned for one musical after college. What well, okay, what was, was the last musical it. you did in college? And what role? Into the Woods. By it. the way, I knew it. The only people who like Into the Woods are people who've done it. Have you noticed that? I just, I just. Have you noticed the only people love I Into know, the Woods are I, like? I just had an episode where I talked about my favorite shows. Into the Woods. Do you love Into the Woods? I love it. I fucking woods. hate you. I love I it. Hate you. I love it. But why? Because I did it in college and I was amazing. My assistant will fucking bother the shit. He'll come around the corner and be like, "Nice is different than good." I'm like, "I will choke you." <laughs> I hate that fucking musical. I hate a lot of musicals, though. Wait, what part did you play in it, Jack? No, I was the uh, the narrator. 
It was a college production, so we don't have old people. So I played the old person. How dare they? Well. How dare they give you the old person? I think they saw the hairline and they were like, I see it. <laughs> and then I did No No Nanette, which is that big three-act tap musical. <laughs> God, do you tap dance? Yeah. I'm a great tap dancer. Wait, what? Yeah. I tap danced in one of my touring shows, Ages 3 and Up. Yeah. God. And my song was, um, I want to be happy, but I want What an fucking annoying song. I just, I don't know. I finished, musical theater school also destroyed my interest in music. I mean, I didn't play my guitar for probably four years. It just like ruined it for me. It took everything I liked about it and ruined it. What school did you go to? Peck School of the Arts in Milwaukee. Listen, it was not the educators. It was just putting music and acting and comedy into us. And I'd never done theater till college either. I didn't go to a theater high school or anything. So putting it in an academic way, now what do I do for a living? I do whatever I want and no one says anything. But in college, it's about doing what you're told and having it evaluated. Same thing I don't like, same reason I don't like competing on Drag Race. I don't like doing this thing that is whatever I want in a way where people have a say. What yeah. you say? Yeah. I feel like my life is one long pretty woman moment because all I ever did was have people tell me that I wasn't going to be a performer and I wasn't right and I wasn't good enough. And then it was like, the drag was like the gleaming like, Hello, this is a way to skip all that and cut to the front of the line. You know um, what I mean? I am. Con- we've had conversations about this pri- privately, private, in person. Um, I think my I, only paid acting I, job was I did a regional production of Norm- the Normal Heart, and I think I made a hundred dollars a night. That's depressing. Yeah, the Normal Heart. Oh my god, that is such like senior showcase the scenes and heart. monologues. And I played the funny gay guy who gets AIDS, which. Typecasting? Who knows? <laughs> well, here's what I want to ask you about uh, what we've talked about privately. Uh, just the idea of, like, as gay men, <clears throat> is does drag create a vehicle where we... Like, okay, so I can't, I can't say this in the way I want to say it. So would you ever do stand-up as just your boy self? I've never been interested in it. Do you think that... Oh, I can't even. Because to me, the jokes I write are for this look. Yeah. And since the POV you've seen my stand up is dry and dark and sort of, uh, it's it's dry and dark and sort of um, sarcastic. Yeah. The look of this like child's toy is the <laughs> right vehicle for that because it it's like an added punchline to everything. <laughs> yes. Is that it's like a Malibu Barbie saying this, you know. So I never wanted to do stand-up out of drag. It never occurred to me because, honestly, even this week where I'm testing material, I need to know how it tests in drag. Yeah. That's that's functional to me. Um, and I like being tricksy, and I like doing uh, – I mean, obviously, I'm super gay, but to me, it was like the megazord of, like, I love kids' toys. I love comedy. I love um, makeup and hair. What's the way that – I know all this fits together somehow, and this was the way it all fit together. Which is why it's just like, if you're actually good at the shit you're doing, you really are doing something. Like, if you want to see Trixie Mattel, you really have to pick up the phone and call me. I don't know who else you would call. <laughs> you know? Yes. For better or for worse. Well, okay, so why, uh, this is a more sort of a, just on the themes of drag and and why we're fans of it as gay men and why. why want to talk about the Velvet Rage? The Velvet Rage, yeah. Like, yeah. why are we... Uh, why are we as gay men able to be fans of drag queens and fans of like, female icons like, you know, Beyonce, Madonna, Kylie, whoever you, you want to say. But then like when I try and think of a gay man, that's fabulous, 
just as a man that we're fans of, it's few and far between. Like, why are why are more gays not like Adam Lambert? Yes. Like, why are we? It's the Velvet Rage thing where we think there's only one seat on the bus for a gay man, and mm. if someone else takes it, it's not us. I just talked about it in the show the other night. Remember when I was like, gay guys are the worst audience because yes. gay guys watching a gay guy do comedy, they automatically go to like, I'm funny too. Why? Which is why in drag, I mean, that's the only reason I think I can get gay men to root for me is because I forfeited my masculinity, I forfeited my privilege, and I don't feel like they're, I'm, they don't feel like I'm taking anything from them. Because mm. in comedy, if you're a gay guy, you either need to be so hot that the gays like you no matter what, or so disgusting that they're not threatened by you. I'm not going to say any names. Well, but think I'll about say it. like there's that... famous gay comedians who are gorgeous, famous gay comedians who are rotted looking because that's what men want to feel comfortable with. Yes. Either they want to fuck you or they're not threatened by you. Uh, Mateo Lane, I, he's it's so funny to me because he's gorgeous and hilarious. Hilarious. I, he is one of the funniest stand-ups I've ever. But seen. his whole bit, there's he does a whole bit about like, oh my mustache, I look like that guy behind. The counter at the deli. I was like, I know. I'm, I'm like, sorry, but you wait. You literally, you 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 did that to yourself on purpose. It's not like it's an accident. Like you chose that look, and you're now using it as a bit. Like no, don't. You're you're hot. You're really hot. Well, disclaimer. I that bit does make me laugh. But he says deli face because he does look. It is very funny. Italian. Yes, I do enjoy it, and it's funny. But I'm also a- angry because I'm like, no, you're. I feel like, oh, you're doing. You're trying to do like I'm ugly, self-deprecating humor but the reality is you're like really hot yeah if you come see my show grown up there's a section about how uh how hot gays who work in comedy it's something i never get under i'm like who who in this made-up story didn't want to you who was it (laughs) who was it (laughs) like who also i don't trust it because i'm like hmm why are you funny? Like, what was it? Like, what, what was your struggles that you had that gave you a personality? Like, do, or did you, or somebody? I'm quoting somebody else, but like, are you, are you funny? Or are you hot and confident? Like, what's this the... is the year of ugly fags? You I think? think gay, yes, gay fags are gonna fall it's off the top. It's my year. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just the um, year of the rat. Yeah, it's it's about time we start shooting hot gays on site <laughs> with cameras. Oh, um, <laughs> No, it's just like, <laughs> obviously, listen, people can't control the way they look, but there is some some perspective there. And, um, But I, I, back to your real question, gay guys, I think we just suffer from, it's the internalized homophobia thing of if somebody else gay is being accoladed, it means I'm not, and then I'm not good. Oh, because we're dealing, we have so much. Uh, it's not really about the performer. It's about us. It's our I don't own... want to read you or me. It's not even about Mateo. It's about us. It's we're about us ourselves. thinking Mateo's too hot, and therefore we don't want to relate to him. And we're mad. We're mad that he's not only taking everyone's lust from us, he's also taking everyone's laughs from us. Oh, my God. Is that too real? The, you just got so real. Because, again, I, it's... I'm quitting my podcast. Like, we're only throwing, my podcast. We're only like, throwing Mateo out there because he's um, so famous. And, and a great example. Yeah. When I watch somebody like... A really gorgeous. I mean, there's so many comedians who are gay who aren't out, and I watch some of them who, you know, are notoriously in Hollywood. We know they're gay, but no one knows. And some of them oh. are so gorgeous and funny. And I'm like, it's listen. It's happened to me with other. There's other drag queens who are stand-ups, and I've gone to see them, and they're hilarious. And sometimes I have to be like, is that not funny? Or am I a hater? <laughs> it happens to me with drag queens where I'm like, I mean, it was okay. 
And sometimes I, you have to either. It's the comp. It's the competitive nature. You have to either be jealous or be their biggest fan, and it's much easier to just be a fan. Jinx and Ben are two of the funniest drag queens I've ever seen. Every year I see their Christmas show and I leave feeling like I have never been funny in my life compared to them. And then it's it's just much easier for me to be like, they are fucking hilarious, and I I'm proud to know them. Well, it does seem like now there is room for the table for more than one funny drag queen more than one successful drag queen before it was like well rupaul's the only one that's allowed to be successful therefore like we don't have but now i think there is like well that's why katya and i have always worked so well together is because we're not at all comparable so we can be in an industry together and it really never feels competitive because we're not same we don't have the same act we don't look the same we don't have the same sense of humor oh my god so different so different. So, like, when I went to see Help Me, I'm Dying, I was crying laughing. But I never once felt like I could do that because she's so different from me. Um, but, again, I think when we – at least when I, like, see a hot gay who's a comic, um, I, am, I, I, I I do sometimes. I'm like, I'm like, grow up. Don't think what your reflex is, which is to be like, oh, great. You're hot and hilarious. Fuck you. Yeah. I sh- you know what? I'm going to 2020. I'm going to do more of that. I'm going to be more supportive. I'm going to put my jealousies aside and be fans of people. It's like the Instagram nudie gaze. Sometimes I'm like, are they shameless and gross or am I jealous? If I had that body, would I be naked? Oh, 100%. I'd be I'd be naked on all over or my like, Instagram. Or like, do you have any rich friends? Because I have rich friends who don't work. And I go, am I judging them for not working? Because if I had a rich family and I inherited money, would I work? No. So I've learned to like, LA has really taught me to like, see the best in people because people are just maybe, if you're hot, Instagram gay and you're naked, um, you look good naked and I probably would too. I unfollowed most of those hot men's that I was following because I found myself comparing and despairing. Uh, I know people who do that too. They've told me that they start to unfollow because it, hurts they think it hurts their psyche a little bit yeah it's hard it's hard to see that and it's hard to well also like i find myself looking at all these things and then you hear the story then you hear you talk to trainers and you talk to people who've been working out and they're like oh well like everyone's juicing and everyone's doing steroids so none of it's real inadequate none of them yeah none of them feel totally adequate they all have their fat days or their bad hair days or their their the day they have you know they all feel like that i'm I'm, like i find myself being normal like i had to unfollow I don't think I have. I don't know. I don't follow Tyra, Is that Tyler you Oakley me? because because of my looks. Yeah, I'm gonna unfollow you because I'm very intimidated. You unfollow yeah. Tyler Oakley? Yeah, just because I'm so I I I'm up, I'm mad that I'm so attracted to him and <laughs> angry that I'm not him. And he's and so like rich and famous and so rich and famous and like oh cool you got all the chances. That... Have you ever met him? No. I think it would erase it for you because in real life he really is just like a total dweeb. In the nicest way. He seems very nice, but like now that he's like ripped and oh, a I hunk, know. I'm just like I, I can't but also like yeah, when you get that kind of money, you get to you get to look like that because you can afford the trainer and the Yeah. Although the other night you and I ate veggie grill at eleven PM. So we're really fit this year. <laughs> mm, you guys, I'm becoming a whole new person. Yeah. I did get in shape a couple of years ago and then I when I ble- bleached my hair the first time for Tilda, I used that as an excuse not to go to the gym because I didn't want to sweat and ruin the color. And then I stopped going. Oh, shit. All because of that dumb hair. 
So I have no excuse now, though, because I've been using that wig for the past couple of years, year and a half years. I'm back on Just Water January, so <laughs> no food, no alcohol. Mm. I've been having like one meal a day. You're I have inter- a juice in the morning. Intermittent fasting? Not even. Just starving. <laughs> intermittent fasting is trendy. I what you. I do is like I try you. not to eat as long as I can. And then eat something reckless. That's what I do. <laughs> but I also go to the gym every single day, and I don't drink. So, so I'm trying to trim up for grown up, because we have like 12 costumes in that show, and I don't want to be like. Wait, we're gonna. Um, we have to take a break, oh. and then we're gonna come right back and talk about grown up. Okay, great. Get more of what you love, which is the trash cast, up on my Patreon at Tommy Link, on the Patreon website, or go to thetrashcast.com. It'll take you right there. It's super easy and super fun. And I'm having a lot of fun uh, messaging people and um, just getting to know you better, dear listeners. So check it out. And we're back. What am I here for? We're back. Uh, okay, so we're talking to Trixie Mattel. we got to talk about growing up. But speaking of going to the gym every day, I hear you've been seeing Juliet land out the gym. Yes, I have. Buffy sightings. Yes, if you guys don't know, Drusilla from season what, maybe two, three, and seven? I'm on her email list still. Two, three, and seven, I think. She's in some flashbacks in seven, I think. Or six. She's, she's in flashbacks in six. She's staying fit. She's going to the gym. Do you remember she, there was those flashbacks of her dating that demon with the sap on it? Okay, true story. I haven't watched most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I only started watching it when I got on it to just to look at my hair and see how You're bad on my six. acting was. Was she in season six? In a flashback, yeah. Once. Oh, okay. You skipped around it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't watch it more than if, if I wasn't in the scene, I didn't watch it more than once. No, honestly, like the real. I hate watching myself, so I in, back in the day I would watch it once to check the hair and hate myself and cry about my acting. But choices. you're so good in it. Thank you. I'm not kidding. You are so good in it. Objectively, I you know would, what? I I actually would go as far as to say it. You 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 slurped. The, the velvet rage is that which is like usurped or slurped you slurped <laughs> okay. which is like i think you got anybody gay who watched that show to uh to think you were hilarious nobody felt jealous of you and you're very young and handsome in it too well, so thank you because it's so funny you're so funny in that you should go but you know what you should do you should treat yourself to like a wine night and go back and rewatch it and watch it in a way that like in healthy way <laughs> yes and not hate or not be like oh look at oh i was Look at what I, I had a taste of that. Well, you looked good. Like, I can't go watch old drag videos because I look worse and I'm performing for less people. But you what's were... better? What's better to go to watch something and be like, I look so much better now? <laughs> oh, do you think because... you're going to watch it and feel old? I'm, yes. I'm going to be like, oh my God, my face now is so different. I'm, what is my career? I got you know a taste <laughs> of like series. TV regular is even though I wasn't technically I was not a series regular. I wouldn't say you're regular now either. <laughs> you asshole! I wouldn't say, but, but it's like it's so sad that as a gay person, like the the stuff I get to audition for now, well, it still has nothing. I've been. Don't you think a lot of people on a show like that? How do you top that? Well, I it's thought like, I thought going from that, I'm like, oh my god, I I'm nailing this. I'm gonna go on to do like bigger and better, but then. Like, oh, wait, no, no. Like, since there's only so much opportunity for a gay person, there's only sidekick and uh, assistant roles available to you. You don't, you can't be a lawyer, you don't have a face of a lawyer. It depends, all that I mean, stuff. So, anyway, I, my brain goes to that, but I should just be nicer to myself. 
But do you think Sean Hayes feels that way about old Will and Grace? No, because he's super rich. So <laughs> I guess we're like Brian Cranston. He did Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. And he's in interviews all the time being like, it was the role of my life. I'll never, ever have a better part than that. Granted, That's true. Granted, he got it, it much like later in life years. than you did, too. Um, and he was older when he got it. But he had already done Malcolm in the Middle. I'm sure before that he thought that okay, was the wait, role Can of we talk life. about him on Malcolm in the Middle? I He's amazing. so attracted to him when he'd be really? these tidy whities walking around and like half asleep or whatever and ep- drunk in an episode or whatever. I don't know what it was, but I was into it. Were you sexually aroused by him on Malcolm in the Middle? No, I was attracted to the oldest brother, the blonde one. The, was he the dumb one? The uh-huh. mean one? The one that was like in the, oh, the army one that was in the jail? Yeah. The one that's a Scientologist? Yes. The one or that's in the army for a while. Scientologist. Isn't he related to uh, Danny? Who f***ing knows, girl? I think we're too close to that building to talk shit about it. We're in Beverly Hills. We could be killed. They could be listening. Elizabeth did you Moss ever go take is going to walk in here and gun me down. <laughs> did you ever take the Scientology test? No, bitch. I've never I did an aura reading last night, though. On someone else? Or you, you got they, yours I got read. my aura read. Was it? What slutty the color was slutty no it was red which i guess means like driven but i don't, I don't know who knows wait okay wait, i need to get your trash and treasure but you're going on tour oh yes i'm going on tour 29 american cities and i believe 15 european cities with my brand new tour grown up it's uh, my new stand-up show on crack it is my stand-up show everyone knows and loves with my guitar playing everyone knows and loves there's a band there's about 11 costumes there's videos tour visuals uh, three wigs, ten pairs of earrings. It's psycho. This is the this is the show of my dreams. It's the biggest, highest production show I've ever done. I'm probably making eight dollars because I spent all of my money on making sure that this show is like. If this is the last time in my life you guys see me, see this show because this is how I want you to remember me. Basically, basically she, um, Trixie's going to be dead after this. Yeah, she's. This is her funeral tour. You're it's going very like. Bang. It's very. What's that movie? Welcome to me. What? Where she wins the lottery and has a TV show about herself. Oh, That's yes. me on this tour. Okay, great. great. Yeah. And the band is so nice. And Are I'm... you allowed to say the name of the band? Well, yeah. I'm trying to name them. I want to call them the Pink Slips <laughs> because like getting fired and also like a nighty, like a pink slip. But they're three straight so guys much. and I don't think I they like it. I love it so much. No, they're going to love it. Did you ask them if they... We were at the Cheesecake Factory after I brought them to Zara to buy their matching suits for tour. Stop. Stop. <laughs> You asshole! How dare you? I did. I brought him to Zara. Hi, we're gonna have the most suburban meal um, of your life, and we're gonna sit. Factory. Oh, we're gonna 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 have a Chinese chicken salad. I will take you to the car. We don't have to get anything. We can go straight. Do straight people like? The Cheesecake Factory? They liked it, yeah. I was. They li- I brought them to Zara, and I bought them two suits for tour. They all have matching suits. They look so beautiful. They're wearing blue, like, 60s jackets with black turtlenecks. They look so sexy. Um... And I know that the way – this show has something for everyone because it's going to be gay guys who like me and then gay guys fully nutting for guys with guitars who are unattainable. This is a smart – this is a smart business. Marketing. Move. This is what – yeah. Marketing. You're not messing around. But we were at the Cheesecake Factory and uh, I told them I was going to call them the Pink Slips and they were like, eh. <laughs> I was like, well, if you don't think that's funny, wait till you're on stage during the comedy of this show because I can't wait for you to stare at me. Dead – just dead face. Just hating me. Holding their guitars. This show is going to have big headwig energy. Like a band begrudgingly there. You know what I mean? You want to see my trash and treasure? Yeah, let's get to it. Um, I don't know what normal people bring. Okay, so just present them to me. Don't tell me which is which, and I'm going to just try and figure it out. So the first item is a... I 
think this is a Polly Pocket mansion? It is. It's a Polly Pocket mansion. Um, okay, and the I've never open and I did. I've never played with one before because really, it's a little. Um, Are you too old for it? No, it was like an '80s toy. Uh, yeah, but I was more of like um, My Little Ponies was when oh, I was this it age. It is weird to think that po Polly Pockets were popular, considering it's like choking hazard. Also, what if we took a toy you'd love and make it so small you can barely use it? I, 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 Why did we like that? Or like, um, what was my favorite thing that I always wanted? Um, down in the corner. Down in the street, pocket rockers playing. Hear the music, feel the beat. That's what it was. What the it was like that? a mini cassette, and you like, you'd had to turn it over in the middle of the song to listen to the other half of it. Shut the hell up. And it was like a tiny mini Walkman that was completely useless, but it was, but I obsessively wanted it and never got it. Stupid. So dumb. So that's that. Okay, so Polly Pocket Mansion. And this. Is and the next item before me is a box. It says, Gabby Gale, she ha says everything I tell her to say. And she's a doll from the 70s with like a short sort of crop do. I love her hair. She kind of looks like opening Florence. the box. You can just yank it out. It's, it's brand new, still in the plastic. Yeah, it was it was sold to me um, in the box with the everything. Oh, my God. Okay, so one of these is a trash and one of these is a treasure. You got to look at it. What? Don't Be careful with Gabby. She just says everything she tells. Because does that mean that you re you press record and then she? So the whole idea of this toy is you press record and she'll say whatever you said. And what does press record? Pull the string? I, I guess I don't know. She's been in the box. Uh, she still has plastic on her head. Of course she can't talk. I'm depressed. <laughs> well, would she say it back? Okay, I don't. Oh. She might. She's from the '70s. She might not be working. Okay, so one of these is a treasure. One of these is a trash. Okay, well, I I mean. Clearly, this Polly Pocket Mansion is trash. Am, am I, I supposed right? to say? Are, am I right? You're wrong! What? Come on! Come okay. on, this is trash! No, no. My first Christmas with my boyfriend, uh, he bought me, for Hanukkah, right? He's Jewish. And he bought me nine, <laughs> was it nine gifts? Eight gifts? How dare you? He bought, well, I don't know. It was, Isn't it 12 days? No, that's 12 days of Christmas. Eight. It's eight. Eight. He bought me eight gifts. He bought me a bunch of Barbies, and he bought me this Polly Pocket Mansion. And this, for me, I'd never been in a relationship before where somebody gave me something so affirming that was like, I know how gay you are, and I don't mind. <laughs> so this meant so much to me. That's I remember getting moving. this and being like, I've never had a boyfriend where I don't feel afraid of being gay. Do you know what I mean? That's so sweet. I don't know if I've ever... 28 years old, I think, when I got it, and I remember being like, wow, he really doesn't mind that I'm like a real fag. And that's your your, that's my your current partner that you're with. Yep, he gave you this. Now, I'm sure do you, he didn't mean now, it by, did, by that, but I just that's what it meant to me. Did he? Uh, do you have your? Do you already have a supply of Polly Pocket figurines that go that that were going to go live in this? Aren't mansion? they in here? I don't see any oh, figures. They're somewhere. But I so have, you so you already had some Polly Pocket stuff. Yeah, I have some little loose girls here and there, and then <laughs> I, have couple, I have a couple cars, but I don't really collect Polly Pocket. That's a whole that's a whole lifestyle. And you know how many Barbies I have, so. Yeah, I already like I already collect Barbie. I can't go down another road. Okay, and this is I, it, okay. So this is wait. I was gonna say about Barbie. So I'm very judgmental about people and their collections of things from childhood because to me it's like wow issues, psychological Move issues, on, like whore, yeah. um, hoarding. Um, I can't let go of my childhood. But I will say, um, yours are displayed in a manner where I I. I thought to myself, that's a person who's 
been to therapy and they've got their <sighs> they've got their stuff presented in an adult way like i feel like you all the issues that people normally have surrounding a, ch- a collection of things from childhood um i'm just saying your barbie collection is very healthy to me you know why it's healthy because it's a collection of things i didn't have for childhood i wasn't allowed to have yeah so for me it's more like adult trophies that you've you've made it and you has, can spend money the way you want it and you can be as gay as you want Mm. That's sort of what it means. Self acceptance. And those dolls are from the sixties. How old do you think I am? You think those are from my childhood? Well, no, I mean but... I remember getting the nineteen seventy one Malibu Barbie. <laughs> Wait, what was the name of the that doll from the seventies that Dusty. Uh, Dusty. There's he has a sad Dusty doll. Look up Dusty. She's the lesbian Barbie doll, they called it, and it was not a successful toy. <laughs> it was not. And she's like a little too tan with like a frosty pink lipstick that does yeah. not, it's not working for her. People say she looks like Katya during her tan phase. <laughs> Remember when Katya was like burnished yes. oak? Yes. Like a deck chair? Yes. Um, okay, so your tr- your trash item is this brand new in the package from the 70s, Gabby Gale. So Gabby Gale followed the- Is cra- she trash? Yes, f- her. Gabigail. What? Gabigail followed the craze of talking, not talking Tina. Um, Chatty Kathy. Chatty Kathy, oh. you can make her talk. Gabigail was supposed to be one further, which was you hold the button and, and 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 you record it, and then you pull the string, and she'll say whatever you just said. It's like a tape recorder in her body. I got this in plastic in the box at a doll show, and it doesn't work. A woman in a wheelchair sold it to me for thirty dollars and told me it worked. She's a liar. And when I see her at the next doll show, at the Radisson. I'm going to take her out of the wheels. I'm going to take her. I'm going to tip her over. <laughs> Wait, there's a doll. I'm sorry. There's a doll show at the Radisson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. A, like a whole, like a convention, like it's, a drag con, but just for dolls. All the doll collectors in Southern California every three months get together. Every they, three months? Yes. And they have tables the where Buffy they. The Buffy fans don't even do it that much. <laughs> well, there's the national convention, which is once a year. Once a year. This nope. year it's in Vegas. No. Nope. No. Nope. Yeah. The next year it's in But Palms. actually I want to go because I want to see. <laughs> I want to talk to everyone there. And by the way, me at the doll shows looking for Dusties, the collectors are like, I'll pay you to take it, please. Because <laughs> they all hate Dusty. Are you recognized uh, at the doll convention? Do, are people like, yes, Trixie's, Trixie's here? Yes, it's, which is crazy because people think I'm in the tricks in the obviously doll world. People know about me. So when I'm shopping there, people are really nice to me. Wow. And they spend a lot of money. I buy a lot of dolls. So I love that are, you're a big deal in the doll world. <laughs> I know. I know. You know what? To each their own. You have to have a passion in life. Everyone has their thing. Do you want to? Now, I've been taking people's trash off their hands, and then I was going to donate it. I was going to auction it off for charity. Take Abigail. Do you want me to take her and, and auction her off? Yes, take her. It's. I mean, listen, she's in mint condition. She, her plastic is still on her head. She looks perfect, but she just doesn't talk. And honestly, I found that I put her on my couch as a decoration, and I think baby dolls in my house is a different energy. <laughs> baby doll decorations is different. Oh, this is, this is, she's, she's, she's a lot. Pull the plastic tight. This is you on a date. Like, I'm fine. I'm completely fine. What is dating? I don't even know what it's like anymore. It's been, I don't know what's happening. Do you have well, a gentleman for me? Well, I've heard the word, me and David met on Tinder, but I've heard the word on the street is that on Tinder, everyone matches and no one talks now. That's exactly what I've been doing on Tinder. I just, it to me, it's just like, it's it's the version of what used to happen on the sidewalk, which is like you'd pass a gay and then you turn around and see if both of you look. And then like, 
in your in your dream you like go and talk to them and ask for their phone number but no one but you were always too scared so you right. just sort of look at each other and then part ways and never see each other again but at least it was like a validation of like yeah he thought it was cute to me since that doesn't happen in real life anymore either because i'm past that point of people turning around <laughs> they or... run, you turn around to look and they're running <laughs> yes that's what's happening or they're pointing and laughing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just jerking off <laughs> I will say this. Or I, maybe people don't do that in real life. But anyway, I feel like Tinder is the virtual reality version of that. When I was on Tinder dates, though, when I was on Tinder, I used to just say, I used to actually message people I matched with and say, like, do you want to go out for a drink or something? So that's the problem is people aren't actually talking. I say my rule is, like, I'm going to ask you, like, within, like, three or four exchanges, I'm going to say, hey, we should get a drink. And if if you don't, if it doesn't happen, it's not going to happen after that. So right. I try to get to the point, which is, like, let's meet up. And get this over with, so we can at least make out. Well, dear, and, it's like people say, "I'm looking." Again. If you go to the same gym and the same job and the same house and the same grocery store and you hang out with the same people, you're not looking. You actually need to meet new people in order to meet someone new. Be a better believe person. Believe it or not, get a better job. <laughs> change, jo- you guys. You don't worry meet about people, it. Change jobs. And don't say you're verse if you're a bottom. Well, why? I used to, because I said I was averse when I was a bottom, and for the first eight months of my relationship, my boyfriend and I used to flip, and every time I had to fuck him, it was like Handmaid's Tale. You're looking me dead in the <laughs> eye right now. And honestly, <sighs> it was my biggest shame to tell him, like, I'm not a real verse. I lied because I wanted to get you to go out with me. And he was like, great, I'm not a bottom. I've only been doing it because you wanted to. Oh, too. wow. So, so thank honest. God. Just be honest. Is it weird that I legitimately enjoy both? No, I'm saying if you're not verse, don't, don't say you're verse to, to cast a wider net. Because if you meet someone you like, there's going to be a day of reckoning where you're going to have to be honest and say, like, I don't like doing that. Well, that's uh, that's why I for me, and at least this works for me, I feel like I prefer to have sex on the first date or to to hook up and then go on a date. Because at least because why? Why waste four, like three dates and like pretending you're not, you know oh I gotta wait and then get to the point where you like the person you've invested all this time and then find out that you're not sexually compatible and I think that's maybe something that straight people deal with less because it's sort of you know there's more it's easier to figure out what what people want to do I so I for me it's better to just like let's see if the physical works first I think then, that's really common is that weird no I think that's really common. But I'm the opposite. Oh, you want to have a connection first before yeah, you? Yeah, I don't want to be a big, like, homo, but I am sitting here in a wig, so <laughs> this is my Polly Pocket Mansion. But for me, until I have at least some genuine romantic interest, I barely, like, have, like, batteries in the in their car. You know what I mean? Oh. I actually want to, you wanna... I actually want to like you a little bit. That before makes me make really out. horny. Yes. Mm. Which is why, like, I've so rarely ever hooked up on the first date. Oh, are you are you slut shaming me? Is that what's happening here? Well, you can't shame somebody who's proud of it. <laughs> you guys can't see, but he's getting raw dogs right now. He's bent over this table, and it's the blood. How this is a this is a a podcast for for tweens and moms. How dare you? They know what raw dogging is. I don't know. They have kids. People. I don't know. If they know. If they have there's a, a new show called Breeders, and I'm uncomfortable with that. <laughs> and there's is also it about a... Palm Springs? Okay. <laughs> 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 
We should go to Palm Springs sometime. Uh, let's do. Do you have a home there? No, I want to get a home there, but I have people who have homes there. Uh, my ex has a home there, and sometimes I I go use that. Let's just say my ex manager owns a house there. Oh, I think let's we go. know who paid for that house, so hmm. maybe I can call her. Yeah. Yeah, let's go to Palm Springs. I wouldn't be surprised if she'd be like, I'd love to have you stay there. It's 1100 a week. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. And I wouldn't even buy, I would pair. But I, I enjoy Palm Springs because you go, you relax, you do nothing. But it feels like the other gays go and do the opposite of that, which is pee and pee in the pee, woods. Yeah, just like, oh, drugs. Gauging their Are you a drug asshole. Person? I'm not a drug no, person at I'm not all. I'm not an anything person. It sucks. I'm boring. I literally love drinking, but because of. Because when I drink, I gain weight. I basically can't even drink. So I have to stay thin. Because <laughs> being Cause thin matters more to me than having fun. Nothing, to quote Margaret Cho, nothing tastes as good as being thin. I mean, it's not not true. Um, weirdly, I'm not saying I, I would, I'm not minimizing an eating disorder. But I would love a natural inclination to think twice about everything I ate. Because that's not my natural inclination. I really have to set my intention LA style when it comes to weight loss because how do you lose weight? You can't drink. You have to go to the gym every day and you have to eat responsibly. And it takes a lot of focus for me to actually do that because I need a half reason to get like a cheeseburger. I need a suggestion that we're getting pizza. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm this close at all times. I felt bad that I ate French fries in front of you the other night. Well, That's my own gay shame I have to deal with. I also got nachos for no one and then I ate them. So I actually had two meals. I, I ate some of those nachos too. Um, this was a pure delight. This was a blast. I'm sad I have to shut it down. Well, people are probably, either they got, to, they're probably listening in the car. They probably got to their destination or they changed over the radio to Barbara, available February 7th, my third studio album. And remember, when you buy it, it's entirely funded by me and I did write all of it. So you really are just giving me your $5. So I really appreciate it. So you are you are helping an independent music artist live their dreams. I have your I got the cassette of your last album. That's of Yellow Cloud. Oh, um, it's like a USB. Yeah. It's such cute. Oh, you, yeah. uh, you're oh, also uh, Trix, I mean Trixie Cosmetics, huge, well, huge. That lipstick that the, he gave me a pink lip. For Tilda. Malibu color Malibu. Stacy. Stacy. Beautiful. Beautiful. Formula. Very smooth and creamy. It's and a great formula. It really feels... The color looks great. And it's so universal because that color is psycho. It matches no one, so it matches everyone. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, so you guys, get your Trixie Cosmetics. Get your Trixie Music. Buy your tickets now. Clearly, it's going to sell out. And if you live in Los Angeles, I'm coming to the Novo Theater on March, I think, 14th. So if you're an LA local, come to that. Oh, is that the kickoff? No, that's like towards the end of the tour. It's the LA stop. Amazing. Um, and uh, once I get the donation site up and running, there will be a 70s <laughs> Gabby Gay. Gabby Gale. Listen, she's doll. really cute. But baby dolls are a little weird for me. So, you know. Okay. So you can, you, maybe you can own this. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Take your trash cast experience to the next level by going over to my Patreon at Tommy Lank on Patreon or go to thetrashcast.com and sign up. Uh, you can listen ad-free, early access, and bonus content. Doesn't that sound fun? But also no pressure. You live your life, okay? I'm not the boss of you. Thanks for listening.